you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. In the late 1960s, a B-movie producer and an eccentric European director teamed up to create an instant horror movie classic. Rosemary's Baby set the stage for all the devil-themed films that followed it, from The Exorcist to The Omen to The Exorcism of Emily Rose. It's terrifying and eerie, but the spooky and elegant filmmaking is pretty masterful. What you may not know is that Rosemary's Baby was based on a book written by author Ira Levin. In 1965, Levin found inspiration by looking to his own pregnant wife in their New York apartment. He combined the anxiety felt by all soon-to-be parents with the upcoming date, June 1966, or 666, aka the number of the beast as predicted in the Bible's Book of Revelation. Even though Levin himself was an atheist and religious counterculture was already swirling at the time, the Church of Satan was soon to be established in San Francisco, Levin was afraid of backlash from publishers and critics. Rosemary's Baby was instead immediately declared perfect, the best horror novel ever written, a modern masterpiece. Rave reviews ran in every paper. Four million copies flew off store shelves. A year later, the success only continued with the movie, directed by Roman Polanski, a European filmmaker looking for his own big Hollywood break. But filming the horror classic came hand-in-hand with catastrophe. Rosemary's Baby is considered one of the most cursed films of all time. Actor Sidney Blackmer, who played coven leader Roman Kastvet, once said on set, No good will come of all this Hail Satan business. Was the movie actually cursed? Did thinking, writing, speaking, and filming scenes all about the devil invite a dark energy onto the set and into the lives of the people involved? From illness, tension among the crew, and divorce, to accidental death and grisly murder? It sure seems like it. Stay with us as we explore the curse of Rosemary's Baby. I'm Jaden McKell, and you're listening to Straight Up Enigmas. If you enjoyed the show, it would be super amazing if you could head over to Apple Music, tap the subscribe button, and leave a review. It really helps out our podcast. Connect with us on social media, where we post each episode as it airs. We're proud to be a member of the Straight Up Strange Network. 
Follow the network's Facebook page at Straight Up Strange and check out our discussion forum, The Strange Room, to enter a world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. I'll include a link to the group in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to support our podcast, please check us out at patreon.com slash straightupenigmas to receive bonus content, shoutouts on social media, personalized messages from me, and early access to our regularly scheduled episodes. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. In the film Rosemary's Baby, a young wife, Rosemary Woodhouse, played by Mia Farrow, and her struggling actor husband, Guy, played by John Cassavetes, move to a New York City apartment building with an ominous reputation and odd neighbors, Roman and Minnie Castavet, played by Sidney Blackmer and Ruth Gordon, respectively. When Rosemary becomes pregnant, she starts to suspect that her unborn baby might be the literal spawn of Satan. The diabolical truth is revealed only after Rosemary gives birth. According to Ranker, a string of disasters can be connected to the movie. Let's take a look at some of the things that befell the cast and crew both during and after filming. Number 1. Before Mia Farrow was cast in Rosemary's Baby, she was married to Frank Sinatra, and he desperately wanted her to appear in the film The Detective with him, which was also being produced by Robert Evans. Pharaoh accepted both projects, and as production stretched on, she began flying back and forth from New York City to Los Angeles to try and do both films. But Sinatra didn't feel like this was enough. Instead of trying to work something out with Pharaoh, he sent his lawyer to the set of Rosemary's Baby to deliver divorce papers. A heartbroken pharaoh reportedly signed them in a blur of tears. The incident created such tension that Sinatra and Evans didn't speak for several years, to the point that Evans would call restaurants and ask if Sinatra was dining there before he decided to go. According to pharaoh, she and Sinatra remained friends until his death in 1998. Number 2. Prior to casting John Cassavetes as Rosemary's husband, Guy, The production company wanted a young Robert Redford for the part. Unfortunately, something shady happened between producer Robert Evans and Redford, and the actor never spoke to the producer again. This created the perfect opportunity for Polanski to plug in his choice for the role, Cassavetes. According to Mia Farrow, things were great between Cassavetes and Polanski during pre-production. She said that they got along and spent a lot of time riding motorcycles together. But as filming began, their relationship started to crack. Cassavetes wanted to improv and explore the role, but that's not the way that Polanski worked. Pharaoh said that Polanski planned his shots down to minor details and that there was no place for Cassavetes' preferred style of acting. Of their time together, Polanski simply said, John Cassavetes was not my best experience, I have to say. Number 3. During production, Polanski also clashed with the studio. 
Rosemary's Baby was Polanski's first American film, and his attention to detail ultimately created some problems with Paramount. According to Evans, the director fell behind his shooting schedule very quickly, to the point that Castle was calling and warning him that problems were ahead. Evans and Castle, according to Polanski, stood by their director, and it also didn't hurt that the footage coming back from the film was impressive. A broken friendship and a divorce could just be attributed to the stress of working on a movie, but the events that happened after filming are what cemented Rosemary's Baby as a cursed film. We'll be back right after this. This podcast was sponsored by Best Fiends. I find myself reaching for the mobile puzzle game Best Fiends whenever I need a break from researching bone-chilling ghost stories or unsolved mysteries. Best Fiends is this charming, really fun game you can play right on your phone. And while Best Fiends has challenging puzzles, it's a casual game anyone can play. I just made it to level 250. I honestly just love how you collect tons of characters and need to use them strategically for each level. The great thing about it too is that it fills up those moments while I'm practicing social distancing at home. You also don't need internet connection to play, so it's great for when you don't have any connection. Like when you're in a haunted castle, spooky forest, or Cleopatra's lost tomb, for example. The game is visually stimulating with its bright colors and adorable characters. Plus, Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Hey guys, this is B from Arbitrary Advice, your one-stop shop for advice, arbitrary and otherwise. We talk about anything and everything, from serious issues to internet challenges and life hacks. Have a question or topic you want covered? I'm available through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or email me at arbitraryadvicepodcast at gmail.com. My mission is to help people through their challenges, no matter the size. New episodes every Sunday and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Number 4. At the young age of 37, just months after completing his work on the film, the movie's composer, Christoph Komoda, fell off a cliff in Los Angeles and suffered a cerebral hemorrhage. According to Polanski, Komoda was roughhousing at a party when he fell off a rocky escarpment and into a four-month coma, the very same affliction Levin's witches used to kill Rosemary's suspicious friend in the book. Komoda never regained consciousness and died in Poland the following year. Number 5. The author, Ira Levin, had a huge success on his hands with the novel for Rosemary's Baby. It was a bestseller and the rights were almost immediately snatched up by producer William Castle. But after the film's debut, Levin's life began to fall apart. The year the movie was released, 
His wife left him, and he began receiving attacks from the Catholic Church. Levin claimed that he never believed in witches or Satanism. But on a 1980 episode of The Dick Cavett Show, appearing alongside Stephen King, Levin seemed nervous and insecure. I don't recall being scared at all, he said of his childhood horror inspirations. Now, I'm terrified. Maybe the saddest part of his downfall came 30 years after the release of Rosemary's Baby, when he released Son of Rosemary, a poorly received sequel to his masterpiece. Number 6. When Evans offered him the film, Roman Polanski was immediately engaged by Levin's novel and decided to write the screenplay himself. As an agnostic, Polanski set out to tell a story where, in theory, one could perceive everything that happened to Rosemary as something she was imagining. Being an agnostic, however, I no more believed in Satan as evil incarnate than I believed in a personal god. The whole idea conflicted with my rational view of the world, Polanski later said. For credibility's sake, I decided that there would have to be a loophole, the possibility that Rosemary's supernatural experiences were figments of her imagination. The entire story, as seen through her eyes, could have been a chain of only superficially sinister coincidences a product of her feverish fancies. That is why a thread of deliberate ambiguity runs throughout the film. Arguably, the person who was hit the hardest by the curse of Rosemary's Baby was Polanski. If there really was a curse, were the evil forces behind it punishing Polanski for not believing in or fearing them? Before filming even began, Polanski had relocated to California alongside his new girlfriend, actress Sharon Tate, who was fresh off her first movie role as a witch in Eye of the Devil. She had tried really hard to secure the lead role in Rosemary's Baby, but Paramount cast Mia Farrow. Tate instead loitered around the set, appearing uncredited in the background of Rosemary's young people-only party scene, and, say some, becoming increasingly obsessed with the occult. Many years later, a friend quoted her in print as having said, The devil is beautiful. Most people think he's ugly, but he's not. Polanski last saw Tate, by then his wife and very pregnant, in July 1969, noting in his biography a grotesque thought he had at the time. You will never see her again, he wrote. Tate was brutally murdered on August 8th by the Manson family, as was their unborn son, all while Rosemary's baby still lingered in theaters. To this day, some internet fanatics say, like Guy Woodhouse, Polanski made his young wife a blood sacrifice to achieve his status in Hollywood. Number 7. The Dakota is one of the most famous buildings in New York not just because it served as the exterior for the apartments in Rosemary's Baby, but because it was the site of John Lennon's death. Built in 1884, the Dakota's gothic style gives it a real sense of creepiness. Producer Robert Evans claimed the whole time he was on set at the apartment building, he felt a distinctly eerie feeling as if it really were home to witches. 
Lennon may not have had anything to do with Rosemary's baby, but he was friends with Mia Farrow. And when the Manson family murdered Sharon Tate, they wrote Helter Skelter on the wall in blood. Helter Skelter is one of the songs on the White Album, which some say Manson used as a blueprint for his revolution. 11 years after Tate's murder, Lennon was murdered outside of the apartment building when Mark David Chapman fired five rounds into the singer's back. Number 8. Robert Evans, super producer of the film, was convicted for possession of cocaine, tied to an execution-style murderer at the Cotton Club, and later in life suffered multiple strokes, one of them while giving a speech in honor of late director Wes Craven. Number 9. William Castle, the producer who saw the potential in Ira Levin's novel and first wanted to bring it to screen, is, in many ways, the man responsible for bringing the curse of Rosemary's Baby into the lives of so many people in the world of cinema. After the film was released, Castle was hit with kidney stones. In his autobiography, Castle claimed that during surgery, he began to hallucinate scenes from the film. He wrote that after getting the recognition he desired, he, quote, no longer cared. I was at home, very frightened of Rosemary's baby. He became the focus of a targeted attack by a group of people who felt that Castle was helping to usher Satanism into mainstream America. Castle allegedly received around 50 letters a day at the height of the mania, and they were harsh. One letter read, Believer of witchcraft, worshiper at the shrine of Satanism. My prediction is you will slowly rot during a long and painful illness which you have brought upon yourself. Castle suffered kidney failure not long after the film's release, and within a decade, he was dead. Is the film Rosemary's Baby cursed? If so, what brought on the curse? Is anyone who watches the movie exposing themselves to that same negative energy? What do you think? Find us on Instagram at Straight Up Enigmas or Twitter at Straight Enigmas and let us know. You can also contact us through email at straightupenigmas at gmail.com or through our website, straightupenigmas.home.blog. If you like the show, please remember to hop onto Apple Music to give us a five-star rating. It really helps the podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on our next episode of Straight Up Enigmas. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.